Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, my friend. I'm so happy that you made it here today. We're going to talk about the play of words on the subconscious, how your word choice affects your neurology, your body, your thinking, and your experience of life. I am so thankful that you chose to be here and that I have your listening ear. And since I have your listening ear, I know something about you. One, you're a stellar human being. And second, that you're committed to personal growth and inquiry. You're curious about the mind and spirituality being the best that you can be. And since I know you so well, I want to cajole you, entice you, persuade you. If you haven't already done so, go on over to Facebook and join our listeners Facebook group, the Aligned Self Podcast Listeners Facebook group. And just for convenience, the link is in the show notes. There you can comment on different episodes and like on it. Tell us what you got out of it. If there's questions about what was contained therein, you can post those or just interact with other individuals, other listeners from around the world. In fact, it's those questions, those statements, where I have probably received enough material for at least 50 podcasts coming up. And I'm just getting started. So join the Facebook group and have your comment talked about. Today's comment was actually suggested or indirectly suggested by podcast listener Jean Donnelly. She posted this question. Perhaps this virus and protests in the world is a message that humanity needs to change directions more towards caring for one another and dismissing hate. Well, it was after I read this that I realized that I had an opportunity. And since I have your listening ear, that I get to have a word with you about a word. And it's the H word. I'm suggesting that you eradicate it and remove it. That's redundant but just eradicate it from your vocabulary. Stop using it. You don't need it. Now, I didn't always think that way. In fact, it was probably 12 years ago when I was using it quite frequently. But it was during a casual conversation when a friend of mine said, you really shouldn't use that word. I had made some kind of statement. And I said, what word? She said, the H word. I'm like, the H word? She said, hate, hate. You know, I'm all about love. And I said, well, I don't use that word very often. She said, you use it a lot more than you think. I said, no, I don't. She said, yes, you do. And for who you say you are for the world and for people, you really shouldn't say it because it is energy. You're spewing out negative energy. You're spewing out all over the place. She made it sound horrendous. I said, well, I don't want to do that. And then I was like kind of defensive. And I said, well, it, it really is just a word. She said, no, it's not. It is so much more than a word. It was when she said that, that I remembered a quote by Bruce Lee. And if you don't know who Bruce Lee is, he was one of the greatest martial artists and movie stars in the whole Kung Fu genre that ever lived. And he said this, as I began to study the art, a punch was just a punch and a kick was just a kick. Then as I was studying the art, a kick was more than a kick and a punch was more than a punch. Now that I know the art, A punch is just a punch, and a kick is just a kick. And it was in that moment that I realized that it is more than a word. It is 
a thought form. It is energy. You see, just like now, then I was a neurolinguist. I was totally geeked out and fascinated by the power of words and phrases and language to affect our neurology, our behavior, and our actions. Yet this was something that was outside my conscious awareness. It's what is considered unconscious incompetence. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know. And, of course, I made the statement, like, I don't want this in my behavior. I don't want this in my expression. And then over the next few months, she began to point out every time I used the word, Oh, my God, I use it a lot, a lot, and I don't want that. So in my commitment to eradicate it from my vocabulary, I went through the whole learning process. When it began, I was unconsciously incompetent. Then I became conscious that I was incompetent as I was saying it. I realized that I was making an error or something I didn't want to do, so I corrected it. I would say something like, I'm irked, I don't like that person, or I'm irritated. I didn't use the H word. And then I became consciously competent. You know, Just before I would say the word, I would insert another phrase or insert another word instead of the H word. And then after time, I became unconsciously competent where I wouldn't even say the word. I just began inserting other words, and it kind of dropped out of my vocabulary. And now, if it ever comes up, if it ever comes out of my mouth, it's like, oh my gosh, what did I just say? (laughs) I can hardly believe it came off my lips. Okay, so if you would like to eradicate this from your experience of life, enlist a friend. Give them permission to tell you anytime you say that word, that H word, that they have permission to let you know, hey, you said it. And of course, you're not going to get defensive. You're just going to say, oh, okay, I'm aware of that now. And insert another word with less juice, less energy, less power. Like, I'm irritated. I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't care about that. So it removes the energy off that. And of course, you want to do it with somebody that you interact with on a regular basis so they can catch you in the act. And then just go through the process, the learning process of moving from unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence and understand that it will take a little bit of time. Okay, now I'm going to put my neurolinguist hat on and talk a little bit about the structure of words. Now, there is the surface structure of a word or a phrase or a statement, and that is just the words itself, like H-A-T-E. That's the surface structure. The deep structure is for every word, you have a collection of references, emotions, examples that are associated to that word. So you have meaning for it. What we're really concerned with is that deep structure inside. So as you're driving or listening to the sound of my voice, just check in. Check in with your feelings right now. How do you feel? Just take a barometer or a temperature of What's going on? Now, think of the word love, love and appreciation. And as you think of that, begin feeling, you know, what does love feel like? What does appreciation feel like? And where is it in your body? Is it in your chest? Is it tingling all over? Is it warm? Now think of the word hate, hate. I hate you. I hate them. How's that feel? Feels different, doesn't it? And uh, I'm so sorry. But I wanted to give you a, a realistic, a palpable, kinesthetic experience of the impact of a word on your nervous system and why it is 
to your benefit to structure your vocabulary in a way that supports your neurology and what you're up to in the world. Okay, now I want to talk about another word that I dropped from my vocabulary, and it happened when I was five. Now, when I was five, I was in the kindergarten and learning how to write my name. I have the distinct memory of sitting at my little roll-top desk with my number two pencil and a piece of manila paper with the lines on it that allow you to print and write your name. And I can remember being totally frustrated, and I was crying. My dad came over and asked me what was going on. And I said, I can't do it. I can't write my name. He said, what do you mean you can't? I can't. I can't write my name. He said, but there's no such word as can't. I said, what? (laughs) I threw me even deeper into trance. He said, there's no such word as can't. The way it works is you just keep working at it until you can do it. There is no quitting. There is no can't. You just keep working at it. And before you know it, you'll be able to write it. Okay, so I go back to work, and it wasn't probably 15 minutes when I was writing my name like I'd written it all my life. I totally believed in that moment there's no such word as can't. It was, I think I was eight, and I brought my dad the dictionary, and I said, I found it. There's the word. Can't is in the dictionary. And he was drinking his coffee at the table and just casually looked over and said, oh, that? That's a misprint. (laughs) And again, I totally believe that there's no such word as can't. And today, one of the most powerful quotes that I live in is that the ceiling to your potential is built the moment you say, I can't. Let me say that again. The ceiling to your potential is built the moment you say, I can't. So your capacity, the potential for your life is determined by you, by the words you utter and the thoughts you hold. Erase can't from your vocabulary because it's not a word. It doesn't exist. The other word that you can drop is impossible. Impossible is an opinion because people use it when they have an opinion that something can't be done because it's always impossible until someone does it and then it was possible all along. And I have numerous examples for that. So consider dropping the word impossible. The next word that we're releasing is the word problem. For me personally, there's no such thing as a problem anymore. There's challenges, opportunities, and adventure to be creative. In Japanese, there's two symbols that represent a word problem or crisis. And it is the word opportunity and dangerous wind. It's opportunity riding the dangerous wind. So these are ways to transform your life by getting rid of problems like that. And you just decide, you start talking about it in a different way. What would happen in your life if all your problems disappeared and you just had challenges and opportunities to live fully and creatively? Hmm. Change your mind, change your life, right? The next word that I've released is the word obstacle. There's no such thing as an obstacle unless you declare it an obstacle. No such thing as an obstacle. Yes, there's just things to handle. Now, a door for many people is a barrier between here and there, inside, outside, between rooms, a barrier, an obstacle. But you've dealt with enough doors over your life that you understand it is just something to handle. You walk over to it and turn the handle. Now, if it's locked, you get a key or find a locksmith and you can't find either of those and you really have to get on the other side, you'll knock it down. So in your mind, that door is not stopping you. It's not an obstacle. It's just something to handle. 
and you know it is the weakest link between where you are and where you need to be. No such thing as obstacles, just things to handle. Okay, now there's a category of language called universal quantifiers. And as a coach, if I catch you using these terms, then I know that I can create a lot of leverage for you if you can drop them because they are limiting in nature, even though they are universal in expression. These are the words never, always, and every. And when we use those in language, they imply limitation. It never works for me. It always happens to me. They always do that. Every time, every time I mention it, they get in my way. Or every time they show up. So I'm imagining that you're getting the impression that we typically don't use these universal quantifiers in a positive way, such as, I'm always happy. It's usually like, it never works for me. Or I'm always disappointed. Not, I always, it always works out for me. So you can use it in the positive and it's not limiting. But when the way most people use it, it is limiting in nature. And again, it's in the same realm as impossible. All you have to find is one contrary example and that's totally invalid. They never show up for me. Never, not once. And as soon as you can come up with one contrary example, that word is no longer valid. And you can think about relationships in your life where you've used those universal quantifiers. They never do what I want. They never show up. I always do all the work. Always? Always? So it's just challenging it and grounding it in more in reality to where it's less overwhelming, less limiting. So you can insert often. Often is not <laughs> as pervasive as always. Often it happens frequently. So there are some words that you can introduce that change your experience of life. And that's what this is all about. Transformative language and choosing the language that most represents possibility and opportunity in your life. Now, the last word I want to talk about is failure. There's no such thing as failure. It is a mindset. It is a state of mind. The way I think about failure now is there's no such thing, only feedback. No such thing as failure, only feedback. Failure implies quitting. Failure implies getting knocked down and not getting up. But if you consider it as feedback, when you were learning to walk, you fell down a lot. But every time you fell down, you pulled yourself back up, you adjusted your weight, and it became feedback on how to stand and walk without falling to walk successfully. So again, unless you're quitting, there's no such thing as failure. Now, you can pivot, you can change direction, you can move in a new, create a new intention, but it's always your choice. It's never inflicted upon you. So as you move forward, you understand that you are and can be unstoppable, unstoppable in life and in anything you do, because if you refuse to quit, you get to say, every time you get knocked down, you just get your ass back up and on you go, unstoppable you. Now, as I close out this podcast on the transformative power of words and your thoughts, I need to touch upon the idea that you may have been one of the individuals that have had a less than amazing childhood where some things were said to you that were less than elegant, uh, downright abusive. Now, when I was a kid, you know, sometimes the, the bigger kids would call me names and tease me and I would complain to my dad and he would just say, you know, tell them sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. 
And while it seemed kind of trite and superficial to say, I got it as a kid. I got that I got to choose which words got in. But as a kid, when you're a child and an authority figure or an adult says things to you that are less than amazing, downright abusive, downright, um, downright ugly, you don't filter those. And if they come up in your mind today as an adult, as the master of your ship, as the captain of your ship, as the master of your mind, you get to choose. You get to acknowledge that those words are not true. They were told to you by someone that was frustrated, that may have had the same type of language delivered to them, and they didn't know any better. Unfortunately, they were doing the best they could at the time, and it wasn't very elegant for you. But now, since you understand it, you get to choose it. You get to release it and begin incorporating new and powerful vocabulary that will change your life. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but no one can hurt you with their words unless you allow them. And you can now today refuse to allow any of those words to take residence inside your mind. So closing, I want to leave you with some words from the philosopher, the Chinese philosopher, Lao Tzu. Watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. Watch your character, because that becomes your destiny. This is Daniel Danovi, and until next time... Follow your bliss and live the epic life.